Kindness Can, the podcast, with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushell. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. So in this week's episode, Jane and I thought that we would talk about a topic that I think is hard for all of us in, in different ways. It's that dealing with the first after you've lost someone or you've gone through loss, the anniversaries, the yeah. birthdays, the, the Christmas. I mean, as much as we highlight how exciting this time of year is because it's all about family, what do you do when you've lost the glue in your family? Absolutely. And I think in my experience of working with people around loss, the anticipation of it becomes so big. Just this feeling of, I know that that day is going to come and that day would have been before this horrible moment in our lives where we lost this person. It would have been joyful and happy and we would have shared it together and we had our our rituals and our routines and our special things that we did and the anticipation of that day coming and how is it going to look without that person feels really scary Mm, and sad and empty. Well, I mean, Mike's mum died nine years ago and she died on the 26th of December and she loved Christmas and we were always so concerned that she would die on Christmas but mm. being her amazingly gracious self she chose the day thereafter and I remember that first coming up and as hard as it was I think the anticipation was worse than the actual moment I, we had built it up so much that when the day came there was actually almost a piece that Trans, it transcended all of that stuff and there was a little bit of comfort in it. It wasn't mm. as, as scary. Mm. It was still empty sure. um, and there was still grieving and reflection. As time has gone on, nine years later, uh, it's a different type of mourning. It's still there though, right? Oh, it's still there. You live around yeah. it. Yeah. I think that's the thing about loss is it's something that never really goes away. I think over time, time is an incredible healer and of course we can do certain things to help that loss feel easier or more manageable in our life. But loss is something that doesn't entirely go away. It just changes shape and form Mm. over time. So Mm. although those firsts are often filled with the most anxiety because how I think we start to set it up, and I can imagine you and Mike and the build-up to it and the conversations and the feelings, you build it up of of what is it going to be? And the more you start building it up, the more it starts to feel like it's going to be the end. Mm of us Mm. and thoughts lead to feelings and of course the feelings that come from all those anticipatory worst case scenario type thoughts are dread and anxiety and so I think in the period of that build-up that's kind of crucial in dealing with first being conscious and aware of the fact that it is hard and and making space for it. I think obviously circumstance also plays a huge role I mean losing a a 50 an early 50 year old woman to cancer was very hard Mm. especially that I was pregnant with Cooper and we knew that she was never going to meet him but the relief in her going even around the festive season was one that we are at peace because she Mm. is now at Mm. peace but for a mum with young children for example that has lost a dad prematurely that's a whole different mourning process because now you're not only anticipating the loss for yourself, but it's for your kids. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point to bring into this conversation that loss is also different for all of us because of who we are, because of the circumstances. and, And so I think that's an important thing to hold on to for you listening is that 
it might be different for you than it is to other people in, in your family and, and you need to make space for that. And if you're struggling more with it, mm. that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you or it's not right or it's incorrect. You've just got to make a different space and a different way of, of coping with it for yourself. Let's talk about the morning process and maybe some pointers for a mom that's trying to navigate Christmas for the first time without a dad or for a mom that's trying to navigate a first Christmas without a grandparent. Mm. Because again, the little people, like as, as adults, of course, we need to navigate and, and be present in our morning. But I, I feel it just takes such a different shape when you're now meant to be all jovial and happy and joyous. But there is that empty space at the table. There's no one sitting there. How, how, what would you say to a family? How, how, do, how do you prepare children around this time of year that that person's not going to be there? I think planning is important. So making space in the buildup to the big day to kind of put a plan in place. So think, take time to think about how everyone might feel on that day, how everyone might react in their different personalities and styles as you know them, and then make a plan of how you want to approach that day. And when I say make a plan, I think connecting to the point that we were talking about earlier, that anxiety of the anxiety, mm. so that kind of like that, that growing feeling, control the planning time as well. So when I say planning, I don't mean spend every waking minute uh, of your day in the build-up to it, allowing your brain to run away with it. So it's actually having a conversation with yourself, right, on Tuesday at 4 o'clock, I'm going to the bottom of the garden with a notebook, and I'm going to spend 30 minutes connecting with my feelings around this experience and connecting with how it's going to play out and allocating that time and, and being proactive and, and putting together a plan of what we're going to do on that day. And I think that that helps a lot because if we allow the anxiety of it all just to run wild and free in the build-up to it, you know, the feelings that come with mm. that are just overwhelming, overwhelming. and yeah. exhausting and, and the behavior that follows that mm. starts to become very yeah, messy and emotional. Yeah. And, and of course, when I say messy and emotional, I'm not being judgmental of it because that's part of it. Oh, no, please, but, of course. But at the same time, you want to try and manage yes. that as best as you can, especially when the other people who are looking up to you yeah. for you need to guide this moment for us. Sure. I mean, again, my go-to place is always shrining. I, I don't know what it is about it, but I seem to think that if we as a family were, were grieving and navigating small people through this process, I just can only imagine that there would be a picture of that beautiful human on a table in the house, very, very visual, surrounded by Christmas decorations and confetti and snow and candles. And whenever there's that moment, you go to that table and you can cry at that yeah. table, you can Tell yeah. a joke at that table. Yeah. You can have a moment of reflection. I got my eyes getting all welled <laughs> up. But that's your space. Absolutely. Well, I think rituals. Mm. Rituals and ceremony are so important to human beings. They're, they're part of our storytelling fiber. Mm. Um, it's such a deeply cultural thing for us universally. So I think in your planning, including certain rituals yes. or ceremonies into that day is absolutely imperative, whether that's lighting a candle or playing a favorite song yes. or engaging in a game that that person loved and actually setting that side, that time aside to engage in that and everyone participates in it yes. uh, is absolutely important in that plan. And I think allowing some of those moments to be emotional, heavy or sad, if, if that's what comes up in the moments. So let people cry. Yep. If that's what they feel is right in that moment. At the same time, if it feels right to introduce some new rituals, 
which are happy and joyous and celebratory. Let's go around the table and share a happy memory yeah. of that person or let's, let's dance like that person or let's – whatever it is. So you can also shift that day. It doesn't have to only be the heavy and hard stuff that gets recognized. It can yes. also be introducing a ritual activity which is light and happy. And I suppose not to feel guilty about that, mm. not to feel guilty that you are happy on a day where they should be here. Yeah, absolutely. And I say that to people around loss all the time. If that person was here, what do you think they would want you to do? What do you think they would say in this moment? And I'm almost 100% sure that if they were here with us now, they, they would want you to be happy and, and, and be smiling and, and, and laughing because they loved you and they cared about you. So, so allow yourself to connect with that reality rather than what we call the survivor's guilt of why am I here or why are they not here and why should I, I could have done more to save them in some, in some way. Because yeah. that narrative and your brain wants to go there is not healthy. And you've got to balance it out. I think also being mindful that this time of year is going to be a first for a lot of people that find themselves alone. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're very privileged that we're going to have full Christmas tables and have a house full of children and loud noise and togetherness and chaos. But also to be mindful that there are people that will be alone mm. on that day. I think if you are alone this festive season, reach out. Reach out. Make that connection. Let people know that this is going to be hard for you. Let people know what you are struggling with. You don't have to go through this alone. And I think a lot of people, when they're experiencing loss, they don't want to be a burden. They don't want to kind of take their stuff and make it other people's responsibility. But we're out there. We want to be there for you. And, and, and there's so many different ways that we can do it. Let people know what you need and let them be there for you. Let's next year have a Christmas table where anyone's invited. I would love yeah. to do that. I mean, that really just speaks to my heart. I was just thinking, now, like, if I wasn't in Cape Town for Christmas, I would say, come and have lunch with us. Yeah. <laughs> and if you, you do know someone in your community who is experiencing the first after loss and they might be alone this Christmas, send them an invite. Oh, please just do. Just send them an invite. And if they say no, send it again and say, I insist that you come. There's and plenty they, of space at our tables for everyone. Exactly. And if they say no, then that's fine. But at least you know yeah. that there was a space at the table. Because yeah. we all want to have a space at the table. Hey? Absolutely. <laughs> so I think, you know, it's finding that balance between in those rituals and in that plan between stuff that which recognizes and honors that person, whether it's it's an emotional or a happy thing, but also making space in the day if you're a parent to allow other people or your children in particular also still to engage in the joy of the day. Let them be a little bit selfish. And I think that's hard for us sometimes as adults because we carry the, the heaviness uh, in a way that sometimes children don't. Yes. They kind of can connect with it, but they can separate and they'll, they'll want to have fun. And so allow them, allow them to selfishly just connect with also what matters to them on the day. So find the balance between the two. One last thing that I, th I often feel is very important, especially where a parent or a grandparent has been lost, don't be afraid to talk about them. A lot of families kind of like, it feels too hard to mention that person's name. It feels too hard to share memories. And years and years can go by where it becomes this unspoken thing around the, the holiday table. And I kind of want to encourage you to have courage to say that person's name, to talk about them. And just say, do you remember when? 
And it would be if they were here, they would say those kinds of lines. They break the ice. Uh, and sometimes as the adults in the room, we need to set the tone of yeah. that. That that's okay. It's okay to share memories about them. It's okay to say their name. And and if someone does get emotional about it, that's okay. It's not your fault. Uh, yeah. That's a normal thing. And also to be emotional around your children. You know, not to feel that added pressure of feeling like you've been weak mm. or I shouldn't have cried in front of them because I know how hard this is for them. Mm. But to remember that you're role modeling to them that emotion is real. Yeah. And showing vulnerability when reflecting on somebody doesn't show weakness. It, it shows empathy and compassion and investment and oh, just so many beautiful words for me. Yeah, I think kids, we have to set the tone for them and your kids are watching you all the time and, and you want your children to feel like they can be honest with their feelings and they can express their feelings rather than having to keep them inside or hide them behind a bathroom door. Mm. Uh, and so role model that to them. It's real. It's part of this process of, of mourning and, and give them the space by giving yourself the space. Mm. You are so loved and uh, we wish you well. And yeah, please, please connect with us. Uh, we'd love to be there for you. Lots of love to all of you. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.